Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a writer actor stand-up comedian and podcaster whose excellent youtube show the megan gailey bubble machine just had its season finale please welcome you guessed it megan gailey welcome hey i yeah i guess the name of my show really teases who i'm going to be it is a bit of a spoiler but then again it's a great show i really enjoy it thank you and i don't want people to be disappointed you know hearing comedian writer actor podcaster they could really be thinking they're getting an a-list celeb so it's good (laughs) to have my name in the show name so they the expectations are managed well, I mean, podcaster, based on just the inundation of the Conans of the world, yeah, I mean, podcaster maybe is even more prestigious. Than ever. Even more prestigious, yeah, because it was prestigious before, but now. It's more worthwhile than comedian right now, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I can imagine. I actually do have a question about that specifically. But before that, how are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> You know, there's some things not going well, but I'm very happy to have my health and my husband and we have a nice home that we get to live in together. That's nice. It is wild, you know, like uh, in all of this, it feels harder and harder to kind of see the good in everything mm-hmm. as this kind of mental vice grip it's bleak. keeps turning. It's, bleak. it's tough. How are you doing? It's yeah. a good question. I, I'm okay, I think. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel right to say, I wouldn't describe, I would describe my like individual self as probably good on this given day. That doesn't really feel like the, um, the correct thing to say. And it doesn't really give a snapshot of how I'm doing overall though. Of of course, of course. No. And, and granted, if somebody were to ask me that question in two hours, it could be a, a diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. thought, you know, it just changes all the time. It feels like, and I'm just trying to find that center, that okay, that's it. If I can maintain that, just the okay, which isn't to say horrible or great, then that's what I'm going for because it's just so difficult to navigate just something that's so unfathomable. Yeah, and when I'm, you know, I have like a go-to, whenever I get out of Ubers or Lyfts, I have like, I say, thank you, drive safe. You know, like it's it's second yeah, nature yeah. to me now. Like that's just like what I say. And so I think we used to be, prog- how are you? I'm good, you know, and now, exactly. you know, it, that's not really necessarily true but also things are bad enough that when someone says i'm okay people aren't inclined to be like what's wrong you know because they sort of know but if you were to ask someone like how are you and they're like not good and then if you just skipped over it that would be probably socially unacceptable but even though we're all not good it doesn't feel right to say not good because then all we would be doing is having conversations about what's going wrong yeah and it also feels weird to, to, to the idea of being like how are you? And some of you are like, I'm great. Like, no, that sounds bad too. Like, I don't know. It's uh, just like answering that question and just like doing, dealing with everything going on. There's no right way to do it, certainly. Everybody's just trying to do the best they can, regardless of what it is. I think so. Hope so. A week and a half ago, you did stand up for the, it was for the first time, right? During all I this? did an outdoor show like a month ago okay. or maybe six weeks ago and then did another outdoor show, yeah, like a week and a half or two weeks ago. How was that? You know, it's like uh, the first one, w- they were both really, really fun. It is weird and you do feel like 
I'm, I've sort of like beaten myself up in my head after the second one, like, oh no, I don't have new stuff. So it, it's fun and exciting. And then also kind of not demoralizing, but frustrating because you do sort of feel the time elapsed. You do yeah. like realize like, oh yeah, I'm not as good as I, I was. I'm still fine. It's going to be fine in the grand scheme of life. Not a huge deal, but we have lost time from from doing stand-up and, and we do get rusty and get bad. Yeah. It's almost like an athlete getting, playing all their lives and then they get injured and have to start over. I'm sure it takes a lot of reps to get to that point and you're doing it when fits and starts with everything because it's just such the specialty nature of what these shows, how they have to be set up. Yeah. And I have always really liked outdoor shows. Outdoor shows aren't really beloved by the comedy community because the acoustics are bad. So like, even mm. though we're so excited to be doing these shows, they're still, they don't quite feel the same, I think. That makes sense. I imagine at least psychologically, it's a lot better for you to do that than being in a clo enclosed space with a lot of people and, and just oh, the fear for sure, of for what sure. that could be. And it's like, obviously better than Zoom. And I would say it's, the kind of the best thing is just like going somewhere and having something to do and getting to see other comics and like making eye contact with audience members, kind of the things that are just like human feel nice. It, this this whole situation, is, it's made me realize a lot of things, but certainly just the realization or the reminder of how truly unnatural it is to not connect with people and be around people. Mm-hmm. In general, let alone, I'm sure for you, through the prism of being a stand-up and connecting with people in that capacity, because that's just something you've done for so long. I do miss that. I also just like on a personal level, I just love chatting with people. Like I love small talk. I love talking to strangers. Like every, I love complimenting people, um, making friends out in the wild. And so a lot of that has been taken away and that really, you know, hurts. <laughs> I know. No, I, I'm the same way. Like, I love talking to people. And it it's so it's so tough to be without that. These little things like this, they're tough. And they add up. And it sucks. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. So you went on a trip, a weekend trip or something of that effect to San Francisco. I did. How, wow. You how really was do your research. How was that? Was it nice to get away? Yeah, it was good. I've gone on a few road trips since March and they have been nice. And it, it's also been interesting. Like San Francisco, they're doing a really good job. I Like everyone was in masks. Everyone's in masks outside. Like at the hotel outside, you still have to have a mask on. Like they're being extremely vigilant. But then it's interesting to go to other parts of the country and go, oh, okay, this is what's happening here. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, to just even to leave my house right now is exciting. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd do that enough. It's one thing, obviously, to get out, you know, of your house. And that, especially in these times, goes such a long way. Going on a trip, going, quote unquote, away can, I'm sure it's just like, it's like an energy booster, I would imagine. Oh, it, yeah, it's so, I mean, I, I didn't realize I was going to be this excited to go on a road trip ever again in my life. And now, yeah, it's like circled... We're going to like a drive-through haunted house. I don't even know how you can safely do this. I was going to say, how does that work? I don't know because I, maybe you maybe you sit in your car and then spooky things happen around you. But I'd have to imagine if it's like driving, you could crash your car. 
but whatever. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's just fun to look on your like daily calendar and have something, anything on there. Is exciting. I know. And then there's yeah, days there's... where it's like to do one thing is like, oh my god, this is so hard. <laughs> okay, so we are hot on the heels, not to date the podcast, but. Nigh upon 24 hours ago, if that even, LA Dodgers won the World Series. Yeah. Congratulations. Did it sound like you were in a war zone last night? Yeah. You know, I was doing a stream. Um, I play Call of Cthulhu. I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, which is like a role-playing game that I play with two other friends. We don't know how to play it, but then one of our friend's husbands, he is like a master and and helps us, and he's our like leader. So we were doing, and it's broadcast on Twitch, so we were doing that, so it was kind of, and it, you have to like solve mysteries. You have to be like listening. You know, it's not like stand up where you're just like sitting in the green room. Like we're all doing it. So I was trying <laughs> to solve a fictional mystery while also trying to watch the Dodgers game. And once they won, I was like, guys, I really, I don't, I got to go. I can't. Because <laughs> I kept like taking my computer outside and people in the comments would be like, are those gunshots? And it's like, I don't know, but it's exciting. I have to be out of here. You're like, not officially, but possibly. Yeah, they're, they're, well, because sometimes you'll see people people will be like, oh my God, were those gunshots? It's like, it was fireworks. But when there's tons and tons and tons of fireworks going off, you can tell the difference when there are gunshots. And so we were hearing mostly fireworks. But yeah, we live in a part of LA where our street was lit up. I mean, fireworks so close and so loud that... Every time they would go off, car alarms would go off. Good lord. But I love what? fireworks. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I get so I, uh, excited. And you've now, I mean, what, in a matter of less than a month, two massive celebrations of some sort for both the Lakers and the Dodgers? Yeah. I think they both have felt kind of a little anticlimactic, if I can be honest. <laughs> and and I don't that? know if that, well, like, for the Lakers, one... We set up the projector in our backyard. We socially distanced, had friends come sit back there, and then they lost that game. And so then when it was Sunday, the next game, it was really just CJ and me, my husband, and I think – I mean, it was still fun, and we popped champagne, and there were fireworks, and then we went downtown to Staples Center the day after. But it is – and I don't know if it's different because I'm a transplant to these cities, so like – the Lakers are not my number one NBA team, but I do love them and love LeBron. And then the Crazy Dodgers, bro. I didn't grow up a base, a fan of a baseball team, so they're sort of like an adopted team. So maybe it would feel really real if I had like my family and close friends who also liked these teams around me. But it, it it's felt like you just want to like go to a bar, you know? Yeah, I would imagine that if you're out trying to you know celebrate all of this, that you're so mindful of this new normal too yeah i wouldn't be able to lose myself in that at least i hope not because there's just so many fears out there not that there weren't before but certainly different ones now with all this mm-hmm. yeah so it would be a different situation if it was the pacers for example yes i think so i think it would be but then i would be then it would still feel anticlimactic to be like across the country and like have no you know if the pandemic was still going on i don't know if there would be a parade there it, it would you're just you're still isolated even with all of these like fun I'm so happy it's like we still are just isolated to our homes and the people we can see to celebrate 
when CJ was on here, he was talking about how you, you guys have gone to drive-in theaters. And again, that's its own form of isolation, even when you're out. Are you finding, though, that you've adjusted to some degree of what this new normal is? Like you're maybe, I'm only speaking for myself, that when I've gone out and had to go to different places, that I'm just so conscious of six feet and around people and do this and that. Have you adjusted to that, do you think, or no? Um. Yeah, I mean, like the... Drive-in movie is interesting because that's actually, like, I love going to the movies where you can, like, lay down in the beds and order food, (laughs) um, which I can't imagine is coming back anytime soon. I hope not. The drive-in, in some ways, is actually kind of like an upgrade to the movie-going experience for me because it's like you can go to the bathroom whenever you want. You're in your own car. You can lay down. You can have your own food. You can, like you have yeah. almost you have like more freedom now. But <laughs> yeah. then, yeah, there's other stuff where it's just like, oh, you know, this is fun and i've i've always hated eating outside i like do not like it and this has definitely made me like it better even at my own house just because if i want to eat a meal with people it has to be outside now i wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know if we were to eat inside i'd be horrified so like naturally i'm like yeah i like it better now than i used to but yeah I, i think like you're able to adapt as much as your kind of like happiness level is able to like if you're super super depressed going through this which i have been at times it you don't want to adapt it makes it very very difficult too because that just kind of like drives it home but if you're feeling sort of balanced and even keel i think it's a little bit easier too no, I, that makes absolutely sense. To your point about the drive-in movie theater, I went for the first time. I've never, I had never been to a drive-in movie theater before this. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. Honestly, the thing that, for whatever reason, the thing that I loved the most, I was just sitting in my car and then I took my shoes off and I was like, oh, this is great. Something about that, I guess, because I just oh, never, yeah. I was just like, oh, this is amazing. And I just kind of stretched out. It was great. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's, we used to go as kids. Um, we would like get to wear our pajamas and then just fall asleep in the car. And it, I, so I loved it then as a kid and then we stopped. And so it's kind of like a return to my childhood in that way. Oh, that's even better then too. Oh, you get to enjoy a new movie or an old movie, but then you have that, that another, at least another layer of nostalgia on top of it. It's like a warm blanket to have that too, that comfort. Have you ever seen the movie or musical Grease? Yeah, oh yeah. There's a, an excellent drive-in movie scene there, too. I've forgotten about that. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I feel like, um, you know, just when I was younger, it's just a movie that had so many different lives in, okay, well, it's the 20th anniversary in this, and it's such like a seminal hit that every generation feels like there's been some form of a release of Grease. Yeah, like them. I thought and... Grease came out when I was a kid, but it's like, no, it came <laughs> out like decades before then. Oh, exactly. Like, the, I remember my mom being like, come watch this movie. I think you'll like it. And I was like, oh, this movie must be premiering in my house. And it's like, no, it came out 30 years ago. But <laughs> I, I, now I'm old enough to see it. And my mom knows I will not understand what's going on fully. <laughs> John Travolta's heyday. Oh, John Travolta, who has literally a, I think it is, he's got multiple, like, giant airplanes that he owns. And he has, by his house, like, his own uh, runway. I didn't even know people had that much money. He's uh, he's a tough figure for me. Oh, please continue. Well, that, no, he's just a Scientologist, and fair enough. So then it's like, well, you are a part of a a um, violent cult, and I can't really have the love and respect for you that I did when I first saw Greece. 
Uh, no, I agree with you. I do want to ask you, what reality TV shows do you like? Because I know you're a big reality TV show fan, and I have a few that I am deeply loyal to myself. But which ones do you like? So I'm a, I'm a cinema bravo liberty. I'm a bravo, like everything. So all the housewives, I watch all the below decks, Shaws of Sunset, like Vanderpump, anything that Bravo has put out, I've at least watched an episode or the entire series of. I also, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Love Island, Temptation Island, for weddings, I love all the wedding ones, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Before the 90 Days, like I... I, I was about to be like, that's it. But I feel like I, I watch almost all <laughs> reality TV. Love Island, right? I love Love Island. Yeah. The British, the British, the UK version. Yeah, I was listening to uh, an episode that you were on, uh, Get Up On This, when you were talking about it. And I need to watch it now. It really sold me on kind of a new take on reality TV shows. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. And I don't know. I... I feel like the last season I kind of dipped out a little bit on. I would mm-hmm. recommend, I think I started watching on season two, and they just make up their own rules to make the show as like sexy and salacious and fun as it can be. Like, you know, The Bachelor and Bachelorette is fun and good TV, but it, they, it's just kind of the same formula over and over again. That's why yeah. I think this season is like getting so much attention because finally that formula has been broken because like someone leaves love island like someone will get kicked off and then they're like "Mm, you know that person was really hot and crazy we're gonna bring them back and then they just bring them back and there's really kind of no explanation they just do oh so it's like they're they're perfecting the formula of what is what is an even better reality tv show and eminently more watchable yeah like the producers seem almost like more a part of it for Love Island. Oh, interesting. Okay. I feel like that's something that could be really fun to get lost in. And that's so, I mean, it's on five nights a week too. There's like thousands of episodes. That's both intimidating, but also kind of exciting. That That's something I can get behind. Okay. I need to watch that. Is there any reality TV shows that you think that maybe people aren't watching enough of that you think are like kind of underrated? The Real Housewives of Potomac. Is that a real thing? Oh yes, it is a real thing, and okay. my friends watch it. I've been, I've been watching since day one, and I've been able to get some late adopters in. But the season that's happening right now, last season, it's really, really good. And I think it's of the Housewife franchises. It seems to be the one that not everybody watches, and I think that's like I think a lot of white women don't watch like the black franchises, which is crazy to me. But Potomac is like an all African-American cast. And so I think that's what ends up happening. But like the women are so funny and so beautiful. And the storylines on this season are so wild and crazy and funny and like interesting. And yeah, they just, they really do like educational things on Potomac too. Like I, I learn and expand my mind from watching it. <laughs> okay, that sounds really cool. I've watched some of Love and Hip Hop that some friends yeah. showed me. It's great. I loved it. People love Ooh. Love and Hip Hop. CJ and I, we actually, we have a friend who is on the VH1 real estate show. Oh. I love all the real estate shows too. Million Dollar Listing, HGTV. I consider those reality as well. 
The ones that I've watched recently, like from day one, I've watched MTV's The Challenge. Uh-huh, so yeah. that's been one I am into. Love it so much. And Terrace House, I really like because it's just, it's so entirely different from, Is that I guess, what I... About yeah. Tara Reid? No, Terrace House is a Japanese show. Oh, okay. And, I was like, I I'll go to Tara Reid's house it, for an it, episode. Funnily enough, it is, could not be more opposite of Tara Reid. Gotcha. Now, it's a show that there aren't producers, really. Like, they're not, there aren't writers on it. There aren't any storylines. It's, it's like the most distilled form of what, I guess, a reality show could be. It is six people, three guys, three girls that live in a house somewhere in Japan. And it just kind of just follows them as they go about their normal lives, just all living in the house. And anytime somebody wants, and they all go into it with, like, personal goal of something they'd like to accomplish. And once they feel like they've accomplished it or whenever they want to, they can leave. And then they have somebody else who takes their place. So so it kind of changes the dynamic, the kind of interpersonal relationships and dynamic of the house. And it's just very, it's very calming and interesting. I really like it. Cool. It's very no frills. It's kind of interesting for me just to see what the, uh, I don't know, just understand the Asian culture because it's just something I admittedly don't know a ton about and just the kind of the machinations of it. Okay, I'll get into Terrace House. I also like the competition shows a lot. I love like Top Chef. Yes. Project Runway, and I love, love RuPaul's Drag Race. I've heard that show is incredible, and I just need to watch it. You got to watch it. I was watching it on a flight, and an old man behind me, like, tapped my shoulder. This is pre-COVID. And was like, what (laughs) is that? And I was like, RuPaul's Drag Race. And he's like, what? And I said, RuPaul's Drag Race. And he goes, okay. And then he just sat back. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea if he was happy, mad. But he just was like, what? Is this girl watching? I feel like that title just overwhelmed his brain yeah. and he couldn't pro- comprehend what that sentence was. So he's just like, sounds good. Thank well, you. And he was sitting behind me and it's like, we're on a flight. So it's like, it's not conducive to try and explain to an elder person what is happening. Yeah. And I couldn't tell, like if he was against it, then I was like, I, I don't want to engage with him. That's fair. I guess in that regard, thank God he didn't have too many questions because I I don't know where that would have gone. But no, yeah. he may have gotten off and like asked his like kids what that what I was talking about, and his children may not even know. <laughs> That's fair. I've heard it's so good, but it's that one where I'm like, I need to, I want to be able to give this my full attention because I feel like it deserves that. And and RuPaul is fantastic, so I'm really excited to watch that. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, have you heard of a show, Million Pound Menu? no okay this is on netflix it's kind of a version in a way of like shark tank for restaurant concepts okay and they give you did a good job of like showing the backstory of the people and get you really invested in what's going on so yeah yeah yeah. yes 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 american warrior does that well it really goes a long way and i really enjoy it but this is what the official description is it says wherein participants try to convince a jury that their new restaurant ideas could work. In each episode of the first series, two new restaurant ideas get their own pop-up in Manchester in an attempt to gain backing from the investors. Okay, it's cool. Very fun. It's a good combination of the competition, the human interest element, because you get invested, and also it's kind of like uh, its own form of like food porn where you get to see yeah. the cooking in a competition of that too. It's really cool. All right. Everybody loves the Great British Baking Bake Off. Bake, yeah, Great British. Yeah, I've heard it's amazing. I've never seen it. I have watched a few episodes. I've tried to get CJ and I both into it. I don't think he's into it, so I'm gonna have to just go it alone. <laughs> That's a solo mission. Like, uh, 
Are you into it as much as people seem to be into it? Because it has a very, like, voracious following. I've only seen a few episodes. Sometimes there's shows where, and I I guess this would have been COVID times, where, like, I've never seen all of Breaking Bad. I've only seen, like, the first season. Yeah. And I've been like, oh, I'm sure I'll be on bed rest for something at some point in my life, and I'll watch that then. And so I have, and, like, Great British Bake Off is kind of on that list of, like, I do want to see it, but I know that I'll get sucked in, so I need, like, I need to be bedridden before I jump in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair I, I do have like yeah I have movies like that or TV shows where I have in my head of like I'll do that then and I guess I don't know when that will be because this feels like it's as good a time as any to do that and I just haven't done it yeah I know maybe we're not gonna do it then yeah I, I think at this point I'm definitely just like I'm kidding myself to think I'm ever gonna do that but maybe know, COVID maybe was just a mirror to show us we don't actually care that much about Friday Night Lights I don't, have I watched that show? This is where my head's at. My mashed potato brains. I don't know what I have and haven't seen at this point. Maybe if it if it plays at a uh, a drive-in movie where I can take my shoes off and relax, maybe I'll watch it. Then. What film did you see at the movie? I saw the movie Nomadland. It's, oh, I don't um, even know about that. It's a new movie. It stars Frances McDormand. And oh. It's, it's really good. It's a drama just following... The way the filmmaker like makes the, <clears throat> excuse me, makes the movies is very kind of like... It's a narrative, but it's boring on documentary because it has just real people throughout it. And it based on a book, and it follows a woman who just travels, um, who got, lives in a camper van, kind of commits to a camper van lifestyle that a lot more people, or nomads as they call them, are becoming accustomed to. And I don't know if it's like in a response to everything going on in the country or just it's a very just camper van like existence, but it follows them and it's follows her and it's just hard to describe but it it's very very good okay cool do you usually give all your guests this many tips do i uh (laughs) i don't maybe i'm in a tip-filled mood but you got a lot of uh good content tips for me okay good good and well i've i gotta watch rupaul's drag race and the potomac i have a lot of shows i need to watch thanks to you so thank you well i'm bringing a lot of beauty into your life that is a fact I don't want to take more of your time. I just appreciate you being on. So thank you for that. Absolutely. For very much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug, point people toward? Gosh, you know, um, my husband and I, CJ, who has been a guest on before, we host a podcast together called The Greatest. So you can catch up on that. And then The Bubble Machine, the show you mentioned at the beginning, I have done 10 episodes of. So those are all on YouTube. Taking just a little break until the NBA season comes back. And I think that's it for now. Maybe just follow me. Vote. That's really... You actually don't have to follow me. If you just vote, I'll be happy. <laughs> vote and do all that. But thank you thank you again for coming on. And The Greatest is really awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. That's a real endorsement. Yes, it is. The official brand and endorsement. As a now prestigious podcaster, thanks to Conan and Megan Gailey and others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michelle um, Obama, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. I mean, so many luminaries. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. Stay safe. It's okay to not be okay amidst all of this. Wear a mask. Thank you again. Bye.